Could your workouts use more focus? I've got a tip for you coming up next. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. Hi, everyone. My name is Kelly. This is episode number 40 already. But before I get going, if you haven't already, take a moment, follow me on Instagram at kelly.dell, that's D-O-E-L-L, or Twitter at Kelly Dell. You'll also notice in the show notes that I've linked to a free ebook called 10 Things Killing Your Motivation to Move. And as a little preview, number four is pushing past enjoyability, which we've all been guilty of at some point, myself included. And it just so happens that number four from this ebook relates well to today's topic. Anyhow, a little self-awareness about these common issues can go a long way, so I've included that link, so go check it out if that catches your ear. All that aside, though, a warm welcome to you on what is a pretty wet and cold October day here in Ottawa. Regardless of the weather, I hope you've made room for some movement over the past week. I know for a lot of you, as seasons change, so does your routine. Maybe you do less outside, which is, of course, pretty normal, and maybe that takes you into more classes or more time in the gym. Hopefully each season though brings you some more enjoyable options. Now if you recall back in the spring I ran my first road half marathon and I did a special episode for the show about it and that came during Ottawa's race weekend the biggest running weekend here in the city. It didn't go according to plan that's for sure so spoiler alert if you haven't listened to that episode yet But I still had a ton of fun despite some physical struggles, especially with my feet. Nonetheless, it's pretty hard to believe that that was actually five months ago. Well, here's to steep learning curves because I'm doing my second half marathon, road half marathon, tomorrow. And the weather is, well, let's just say (laughs) my hot feet will not be a problem. It's going to be about two degrees Celsius at guntime by the looks of things, which means my focus can be more on my breath and my rhythm, and really soaking up the event atmosphere, which is one of my favorite things to do. And I wanted to talk more about focus today, actually, not just for running or racing, but working out no matter how you do it. In fact, I want to share with you a super simple mental training tip that will help you connect or reconnect with exercise in a more motivating fashion, especially if you're stuck in a rut or you're feeling bored with what you do or you know, you just get mentally scattered when you'd rather not be. And we all go through the motions from time to time, not just with exercise, but with life. And I I have to chuckle sometimes because so many people want to make exercising a so-called habit, something that we do rather mindlessly as if that's the key to consistency, if we all become robotic machines about it. But as I spoke about in episode six called Hung Up on Habits, exercising is really a tough thing to make habitual. It's a complex behavior. And I argue in that episode that if this was the goal, uh, full-on automaticity, maybe a thirst for autopilot is a sign that you haven't quite found something enjoyable enough to fully engage in mentally and physically all in one. After all, distraction strategies and the like are used for experiences we find aversive, right? You know, the best example I can think of is plugging our noses to eat something we don't like, like Brussels sprouts. Or for me, as a kid, it was beef stroganoff. 
And we use those strategies to try and get around the moment, right? To try and make the moment palatable or in the case of plugging our noses, virtually imperceptible. Now, I think there is some room for habit formation, which can be a boost for your routine, like how you react to your alarm clock in the morning if you work out in the mornings and stuff like that. But in general, we don't really need to rely on habit formation and automaticity to suppress avoidance tendencies if the things we include in our routine are attractive and we do those things in attractive ways. We're compelled to go and do them. And so habits that would suppress the thoughts of, I'll just stay in and sleep because it's more comfortable because I really don't like exercising or going to the gym or whatever. Those types of thoughts are less common and there's a gravitational pull, if you will, towards the exercise. So habit formation can be a little bit of a band-aid for a bigger issue. Now, I'm not going to go all the way into that topic because I did cover it a little bit in episode six, but I do want to talk about the focusing exercise I sort of prefaced already. And it's a useful little mental skill to apply to connect positively to the activities you're doing. It's a way to really soak up the enjoyable qualities of your fitness choices and in a way, I guess, try and create gravitational pull towards exercise when you're not doing it. When you are, for example, waking up in the morning and trying to make the decision to go out and go to the gym, etc., And this drill can also just be a way to make working out a little more interesting. So for the record, I go into depth on this drill in my book and I teach it a lot. And I also use it a lot personally. In fact, I'll definitely be using it tomorrow during my run. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. So the drill is called the yes drill, which is the simplest focusing technique I use. It builds off a question you've heard me ask before, which is, how do you want your fitness to feel? It's a question that prioritizes the quality of exercise before the quantity, because the more quality moments you create, the more quality workouts you create, whether that's a run or a yoga class or a bike ride, whatever. And the more quality workouts you create, you'll crave more. Create quality and you'll crave quantity. And to create the quality, the yes drill essentially asks, is what I'm doing feeling the way I want it to? Is this feeling the way you want it to? If yes, congratulations, you're cooking up some primo motivation there. But if no, it's time to make adjustments. It's time to change some things to try and bring things back to a place that is more motivating. So let me use an example to clarify. Let's back away from running and instead focus on something I think we've all done before, which is a push-up. Whether you do them with your knees up or down, it doesn't matter. And maybe when you have time today, try and play this little yes game with push-ups. And as I said, we're all guilty of trying to get our fitness over with. We just want it done and get on with the rest of our day. And if this is a chronic thing for you, maybe your fitness choices need addressing. Maybe you're doing things that don't fit you. You know, in some cases, adding something new might be the best adjustment of them all. So consider that. But for our purposes today, I want you to think about the yes drill to try and improve your relationship with a moment And in essence, try and enjoy your push-ups, your repetitions a little more. So the drill goes like this. After each repetition, tag it a yes or a no. Did that rep feel the way you wanted to or not? There's no maybes. It's a yes or a no. 
a maybe is a no. If you're going to take me up on the challenge to try this with the push-ups, do three or four and answer yes or no after each one. Did those feel the way you wanted them to? Did each one feel the way you wanted them to? Did one feel better than the rest? So why is this drill so handy and why do I use it so often? I recently used this drill in a workshop with personal trainers and I gave them the choice to do anything they wanted. So some chose push-ups, some chose pull-ups. One fella threw a ball against the wall, which I thought was interesting. Anyhow, they all had the free choice and I asked them to play the yes game with the activity that they chose. After they were done, I asked them how this impacted the exercise. How did it affect the exercise? What was different? They all agreed that it changed their focus. For example, one trainer doing push-ups shared how it narrowed his attention to the exact muscles he was working. He focused on maximizing each contraction. He really focused on how his body felt, which also meant that he could make adjustments to make his body feel the way he wanted it to, which he said created fewer sloppy reps, the movements uh, were crisper, and it really changed how he progressed through his sets, which brings me back to you. It's kind of hard to get a yes until you get to that level of focus, until you've narrowed your attention onto, let's just say, the data that really matters. And when you get there, it will reveal the true essence of the movement. And when it is a no, or no's tend to dominate, there's a natural inclination to make adjustments, to change the feel of what you're doing, to kind of put it in an area or a zone, a certain zone. And there's adjustment opportunities in every activity we choose to do. The feel of exercise can be manipulated. And this is important. This is a very important sustainability skill although it's not really that commonly practiced, or at least it's not consciously done. Some people only know one speed. Some people think it's giving in to adjust from living at the edge the whole time. That in part comes down to this whole pain mindset that popular fitness culture seems to perpetuate, where how you feel doesn't matter or it's not really valued. You know, suck it up, get it done, no pain, no gain, that sort of thing. But then there's this wonderful wiggle room in everything we do to find what I call sweet spots where the movement is inherently motivating. It's still challenging, but it's more enjoyable. And this is where attraction happens. And I talk about attraction a lot. Attraction to the action or aversion to the action. And of course, how we relate to the moment is really at the center of all of this. That's why the yes drill is so useful. For the push-up, for example, there's many ways to find a sweet spot. You know, and you can do this through adjustments. So slowing down the cadence or speeding up the cadence, adjusting your hands or your feet slightly, maybe, or significantly. Breathe differently. Or (laughs) how about this? Breathe. A lot of people hold their breath when they do push-ups. Engage your pecs more fully. And you'll be surprised how many things make a big difference, how many little things, small things make a big difference. And if our attention is scattered or completely elsewhere, it's really impossible to do these things, to make these adjustments or even be aware that there's so much left on the table, so much enjoyment just sitting there waiting to be tapped into. It's hard to make something more enjoyable when we are, you know, elsewhere mentally. Of course, it's important to exercise safely, so don't make any 
crazy or unsafe adjustments and get informed help or advice if you're unsure about all that. But in general, making adjustments on the fly based on the feel of exercise is the easiest way to enhance the quality of a workout. And that quality comes from a positive connection with the moment or creating a more positive connection with the moment. And for you runners out there, since I talked about running earlier, there's many ways to apply the yes drill. As someone who struggles with boredom with running long road distances, I end up using the yes drill a lot to chunk up my runs and use my answers, yes or no, to make positive adjustments. Because there's really nothing like turning a grinding run into something rhythmically resonating. And in the end, which type of run do you think will make you feel like running more often? All right, that's about all for this week. I'm looking forward to the run tomorrow. And I hope today's episode gives you, you know, a little itch to get out there and get active. As always, give me a follow on Instagram, kelly.dell, or on Twitter, Kelly Dell. And of course, until next week, here's to living happily ever active. This episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.